thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Flourish with Elise Comerford, where we hear real stories from everyday people that will encourage and inspire you on your own health journey. Hey guys, I'm here today with Angela, who is going to share her healing story with us. Hi, Angela. Hi, Elise. Hi, guys. How you doing? I'm good, thank you, in windy yet sunny Melbourne. Okay, lovely. I'm in very, very sunny and hot Mullumbimby. I just came back today from Port Macquarie and it was quite cool down there. At 9am, I was walking down the shops in Mullumbimby sweating. It's very hot here. Oh, wow. God, that's quite <laughs> different. Uh, amazing that we're in the same country. <laughs> it's oh, quite... so windy. Yeah funny um okay so angela is one of my clients and i've been working with her and her family for what would it be now since april since april um over six months over six months and it has been a gaps journey but there's quite a bigger journey than that and it always is gaps isn't usually the first thing you come across and say i'm just gonna do that so no because it sounds so scary yes I know I first saw it and went I'm never doing that um and that obviously yeah yeah Yeah, next thing I don't need to do that um so share your story with us Angela and we'll start right from the start um and what what kind of led you guys to start looking at food and and knowing that you needed to head on a bit of a healing path um so the start is always hard when you've been around for a while but I guess um, my husband and I have always considered ourselves to be quite health conscious and open with our eating my husband's from Latin America and I'm born and bred in Melbourne Australia we've both traveled quite a lot but we're always kind of trying to be fit and healthy um and feeling like we kind of fit the bill with what fit and healthy was um we I always had had issues I guess around my monthly cycle but again I just thought that was kind of just part of being a chick and that my husband had to deal with that because he was (laughs) 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 and that was part of the deal but um then we managed to have our children without any intervention and um, in, I mean, like literally we conceived, gave birth and I was able to successfully breastfeed them. So I kind of thought, well, maybe that's also part of this whole karma thing that, you know, I get blessed with these children, all these other people have to fight so hard for that, but I've done so well. And maybe just having these really tricky monthly periods is just kind of par for the course. Um, and then, um, I became more and more, I guess, of organic food, but um, that seemed out of our budget um, kind of thing. But we just kept on trying to do the right thing by eating, you know, low-fat dairy (laughs) products and um, stayed away from salt and had, like, a balanced diet. And then our children obviously grew, like, started growing. And my son... um, always seemed a little bit tricky like he was tricky with feeding but he was my first so I didn't really think that that was a massive issue we still breastfed for two years and then he became a toddler and his behavior at times would peak to be quite 
difficult. All of a sudden he would change his mind about what he did and didn't eat or whether he did or did not want to go out. And, like, I remember even the day that I had the gestational diabetes um, test for my daughter. It was made me feel so bad, which makes sense now, of course. But um, I lied down for two hours while my son had a tantrum and I could not manage it because I just felt so unwell. And unfortunately, when I tend to feel the worst is when he used to peak with his behaviour. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, my daughter was born. I had a newborn and a toddler. And again, I just thought this was par for the normal course of life. I had a husband who is really helpful around. And, um, yeah, and I would get super moody. But again, I just thought, well, this is just kind of normal, right? And then... Um, I guess we started kind of like moving around and my my dad got really sick and ended up passing away after a um, two-year battle with cancer. He was in um, hospital for the last year and he his was a very strange journey as well and I was kind of looking at that as my direct heritage, like my genes were his sickness and I guess my mum had had breast cancer as well and I was like wow this is pretty full-on yeah um and he got swept up into a system where we couldn't really do a lot we just had to follow what the doctors said and um there weren't a lot of answers and there was a lot of changing of stories and they'd look at him and my dad and they go this is what we're going to do moving forward and I was like but the information you're using to make that decision that's already outdated yeah not even talking or walking anymore and you're talking about physio this isn't adding up but anyway and unfortunately he um passed away and and you know then I could put down my son's behavior to the fact that we moved around or that my dad had passed away or whatever and then we settled and his behavior didn't get better it got worse and so um I but we were busy and I was working because we had to pay the bills. And then I just, um, one day actually at the local yoga studio in Sydney, we actually went, I went with a friend and we saw the, um, that sugar movie. Yeah. And literally the next day downloaded it on Netflix and got all, however it was at the time. I can't remember if it was on Netflix, but anyway, and got my family to watch it. So my son, my daughter, my husband, and that was that. They never looked back. <laughs> <laughs> I literally got rid of all the sugar in the house, literally all the sugar. Um, went on to the I Quit Sugar movement um, slowly and slowly. I can remember going, um, so first of all, I was into that sugar movie and then there was um, really bad names. I'm really sorry about this. But there was another man, an Australian man, and he wrote about, um, quitting sugar and he had recipes so I started kind of using a little bit of those and then I heard a little bit more about the I quit sugar movement so we started kind of using a little bit more of their recipes which were quite practical because we could pop them in the low cooker and work it around um, our lives I guess and yet still things got better the gaps with my um, son's behavior were better my moods were much better my periods started to get better we all felt better. My husband started shedding weight and that was really great. So it kept us all kind of motivated to move forward. Um, 
And I just guess I kept on learning more and more about it. I can remember borrowing the Simplicious book from the library and scoffing um, with my husband that none of it was sim- simple at all because it just <laughs> went against everything I'd ever learned about food. Like we used to buy stock cubes and she was talking about how to make your own stock or how to ferment garlic. <coughs> Excuse me. Or how to make kombucha and all this stuff. And I was just like so overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> but it happens like that for me. I'm, it's really strange because I will get overwhelmed and then I'll sit with it for a week or so. And then all of a sudden it'll be in our routine and we'll go on and we'll move on from there. And then my local yoga studio, they actually had a um, cafe as well and they had, um, they were selling scobies. And so I, I got a scoby and I started my kombucha making um, and kind of started exploring that and sharing them with my friends um, when they wanted some. And then I at one stage looked at my kids and what they were eating every day and I noticed that even though they would cut sugar out, we were still having, in inverted commas, that cereal that's meant to be really healthy or even um, like from the supermarket, you know, like wheat Bix or at lunch at the recess, they might be having like the crackers with cheese, but it was all processed crackers and processed cheese. And then they'd have a sandwich at lunchtime. And then in the afternoon, they might have a cheese stick, but it actually had um, the wheat derivative as like a caking agent. And then we'd have pasta for dinner. No wonder we had behavioural <laughs> issues. But I just, we thought we were doing the right thing and we were having, and then also at about that same time we started having full-fat products. So we started having full-fat milk and full-fat cheese. Um, yeah, and also I remember speaking to my friends about these changes we were making with the sugar and they recommended that I check out Quirky Cooking. So I started listening to the podcast and like I mentioned at the start with Elise, like I started talking about gaps and I was like, oh, that just, that sounds really full on. I just don't know. Like this sugar thing has been a major thing in my um, life. Like, like my daughter will go to the supermarket with my husband and be like, I really hate that mum watched that sugar movie. I really <laughs> like sugar. It's my favourite food i love lollies i really miss lollies Um, oh and it was just like how would i ever get that that gaps thing over the line and plus it just sounded so intimidating it was full on yeah Um, i think it's really interesting to note here this unfolding and this is what we hear with so many of the stories um that we have on this show that it's it's like it's always an unfolding and it was for me too. It's like you start, you know, you start with the sugar thing and then you start, you know, the next step's this and then you think you're doing it right and then you realise there's another step. So, but it is like the natural unfolding of yeah. it. If you just hit, if you heard the end point right at the start, you'd never start. <laughs> no, totally. And that's the thing and it's surrendering into that and also, you know, that really big thing of taking ownership of our own health and learning that. So, Alongside all of this learning, I did in Sydney, so nearly four years ago now, um, start going to regular yoga classes as well. And then um, I can't even remember how. Oh, and because of my the, son, the difficulty I was having with my son, I started actually going and seeing, and following on from my, the parking and my dad, I actually went to see a psychologist 
she spoke to me about meditation and it was the same. I I couldn't do it. She would try and do it with me and my, I would just get so, it would make me even more anxious. Wow. But then, um, one day she did one where it was, um, something about getting your thoughts and putting them on a leave on a stream. And because it was water and, um, I'm a water baby to the core. Um, for some reason, my imagination was able to pick up in that story. And even she said it, like you could see my body just relax. And so from there, you know, that was probably what, two and a half, three years ago. I now meditate daily as well. Um, at least five minutes, if not up to 30 minutes, um, often twice a day, actually. Um, so that's also been a little bit of opening up of space where I get to process everything that happens and it makes me much more able to um, be present for what happens with my family and with myself as well. And I think that's really kind of been happening alongside the food journey and has been equally important. Had Absolutely. I not had that, I just don't know whether I would have sustained it. Sustained yeah. it. yeah, and that it does come down to so much more than the food and I think a lot of the people that I work with it starts with the food and then all the other things start to unfold with it it's just such it's a it's a journey that kind of takes over you no takes over for want of a better term your whole life that you know lots of things start to shift yeah I think it's like a new perspective you gain on life you kind of step back into that driver's seat and um kind of take control not in a controlling that. Um, I don't know how to break that down, but like, I do feel like this is up to me and my and my husband and my kids, and I do leave the responsibility to some degree with them, with my kids as well. Like my son's on a five day camp at the moment, and I've done a lot of prep for him. But at the end of the day, if he chooses to eat something that the other kids are eating, he's gonna now he'll actually feel the effects. It won't just be about behaviour that he's not even aware of happening he will actually feel the effects now yeah which has been this opening up because my kids are also meditating daily so and we try and keep space in their lives as much as we live in a city and have a city life where I work every day I pick them up from school every day and try and give them space um so yeah it's just um it is such an interesting unfolding and also just the fact that you know we I do live in a house of four different people and, you know, different personalities and needs and things like that and having and being able to be present to all of that and motivate them when they need motivating even when I kind of really don't feel like doing that. Yeah, that's been a really interesting thing as well. And then obviously um, keeping the outside world informed to a degree where they'll accept what they'll what we're doing as well has been an interesting line to balance as well. Yeah, that that can be very interesting. So, okay, yeah. so back onto your story, we got up to you found quirky cooking. Yeah, yeah, and so I was listening to their podcasts, and um, I loved what they used to talk about with whole foods, and, and I really started educating myself, and um, sometime. I think it was probably, oh, and last year actually I got, um, luckily, um, was able to get myself a Thermomix, which really helped Woo-hoo. as well. Yeah. Um, but around the same time, I learned a lot more about the oils and China and actually was able to embody that information and understand um, about the oils that are better for our bodies. And so 
even that was an extra step. Went to like a quirky cooking um, demonstration. Um, and, and yeah, you know, and kind of really was on board with the whole whole foods, the good the good oils, the good fats, and yet still couldn't jump over the line with gaps. So I try, I ordered the book at the library um, and was like overwhelmed is such an understatement. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, the, yeah, it was just so overwhelming. I just thought, well, Mike, we don't fit into those categories and maybe I'm imagining something. Maybe this is just life and maybe we just do go along with these whole foods and this is it for us kind of thing. Um, and then one time I heard, um, it's just so interesting, yeah, and I heard because it was just in the too hard basket in my head. Yeah, I think it is for a lot of people and it's understandable for sure. Yeah, and then my husband's bloating was kind of getting worse and I just thought, well, because he's a, a, um, a questioner, so he has to kind of have the information. It can be quite hard getting him on board when I make changes. I subtly try and make small changes in the house where he doesn't notice. <laughs> so it just happens because <laughs> it just makes my, it just makes life so much easier. Like, you know, we're at a stage like with low, we're going low tox, like cutting out plastics. Like there's just little changes being made. But with the bloating, I was like, well, maybe I have an in. Maybe this is an extra in. And my my son, you know, was experienced still sometimes when he, like, just have these massive tantrums and he's, like, nine. And you're like, this is just not cool. We've done all this work and it's still happening. Um, and then I heard Elise speak on um, the podcast. And, again, I'm sorry for my poor memory. I don't <laughs> remember what the exact subject was. But I just... Um, you made it sound so approachable and like you'd be my partner alongside me where I could ask you my silly questions um, and kind of translate the book for me to our, for our particular circumstances, I guess. And, you know, those circumstances are, as I mentioned, my husband with his bloating um, and he has reduced his weight a lot, so that's also kind of helped um, his health moving forward as we go into well and truly into our middle ages, my son's, <laughs> um, behavior. And then my daughter, you know, she's about to, um, you know, she's seven now, but I guess I'm thinking back to my puberty and I just would hate for her to struggle with a puberty like I did. And I would love to get her hormones to a really good level. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm controlling everything and I'm going to fix everything about them, but I'm just hoping that we'll get their bodies to more of an equal, a base level, I guess. Yeah, and it's really about, yeah, it's like it's about giving all the building blocks. Like you want to give Mm -hmm. as much healing and nourishment so that their bodies, like, you know, that they can reach their potential when it comes to their health. Oh, completely, completely. Mm -hmm. And I often say, you know, I'm building my kids' wings a feather at a time. And that's kind of how I view it, that just the, I'm there for their foundations and for their wings. They're going to, it's up to them to do the rest. Um, but I just really want them, their bodies to be really healthy and where they have their wits about them and they don't get that brain fog. Um, and well, you know, that's inevitable every now and then, but just overall, I just, want to set them up, I guess. Yeah. As much as I can. And I kind of, I really do after this six month journey, feel so much more empowered. And I mean, at the start, 
my kids wouldn't even drink stock. We started with um, a teaspoon of stock with every meal. <laughs> they have to have a teaspoon of stock before each meal and it was such a struggle and now they'll have a cup of stock or we add stock into our bolognese or we'll have stews and stuff like that where they just have it all the time. It's just so amazing to think the difference and how far we've come. I remember when you sent me that photo of them sitting around eating like stock and lamb shanks or something and you're like, look at my kids, who are these kids? (laughs) Like sucking the marrow out of a lamb shank. I was just like, what? This is a son, He'd, and that's part of this too, is that um, he was a white food diet child. Like he just never mm-hmm. liked meat. He called himself a vegetarian but never actually liked veggies. <laughs> he just liked cheese and um, white food like bread and pasta and became more and more difficult to feed. And so, and like I've mentioned um, to Elise in the past, you know, it is hard at times to get them to eat this food, but in the even before um, we started the GAPS journey, there were massive times when we couldn't get them to eat the food that we were serving up. So that's really not an additional struggle for us. That's yeah. the day-to-day regular having children thing. Yeah. At least I know that if um, I put something in front of them that's really nourishing, then that's that's what they've got to eat and anything else in the cupboard is actually really nourishing too. So if they choose to go for something else, it actually doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> which is it great. It really doesn't matter because it's all nourishing food. I don't have anything else there Yeah, because it just takes that, that battle away. And even we've put things into a place, for example, if there's a um, little celebration in my daughter's class at school, then um, we bought this little overly expensive, ridiculously expensive, squishy thing um, that smells. Um, And so her teacher will give her this squishy instead of her eating the food. And then she she gets to play with that that she doesn't normally get to play with. She'll bring it home. I'll give her like an extra dollar of pocket money that she gets to choose how she spends it. And then she'll take it back the next day. And the next time there's a celebration, the same thing will happen kind of thing. That's a really good idea. Yeah, whereas my son, he doesn't have that because it's more about trust. So if he tells us that there's been, there's been a celebration and that he didn't have the lollipop or whatever, oh, it's so frustrating. But anyway, that whatever they choose to think that they're celebrating with, um, <laughs> oh, he just has to tell us and we'll give him the extra. It's only a dollar, but it all adds up and they love buying their own books and choosing their own things as well. And in a way, you know, as a family, by doing this whole foods diet from home, from scratch, in a way we've done the same thing. We're rewarding ourselves by making our own food the way we want to in that we're choosing how to spend our money as well. So that's kind of like the lesson that I'm trying to hand on to them as well, I guess. Yeah. And I think the the whole thing with getting getting the kids to eat the food is probably one of the number one things I hear is a barrier for parents when they're starting to look at doing the GAPS protocol or even just moving on to a whole food diet with their kids, that it's that barrier of, well, how am I going to get the kids to eat the food? And your, you know, your kids were those kids. <laughs> They were compl- and I was so scared sending them to school on that first day. I was like, oh, my God, they're going to call me up from the school like I'm starving my children or my children or I was so scared that they wouldn't have enough energy. But you know what? 
none of the, the above happened. Like they have so much energy. They have so much energy. It's amazing. And they are so much healthier and they understand it now so much more and they're only seven and ten. It's amazing. Like yeah. they've got all these life skills to set them forward. At one stage um, I had people saying, oh, I'm really worried about Ollie. He's lost weight. And I'm like, yeah, well, we all have and we're giving him the most nourishing food and this is a decision we're making at the moment. At the moment we're focusing on our health and this is our story and that's how we're managing it. So, and now, like, the proof is in the pudding. Like, they're just so much. They're just so healthy. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, and that's not to say it's easy. Um, obviously, there is, and, you know, like, lately we've been on the iodine um, bandwagon and that's actually brought up some additional detoxing in my son, which has led to his um, behaviours, as we as we call them. <laughs> um where we actually went on a holiday in the school holidays and we were stuck in a car park for two hours because he wouldn't put his seatbelt on. As much as he wanted to go on the holiday, it's almost like his body converts excitement into anxiety. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so we nearly didn't get there until after dark. But um, we were able to be present and rather than cracking at ourselves and going, all right, we're turning home. You obviously don't want to go on this holiday, blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> Which is very hard not to do. <laughs> it is so hard not to do that. And it was so hard not to take it personally because I, as I had said to Elise, I put so much effort into preparing all the food for us to take on this holiday with us. Um, but um, I could kind of see from the way he was um, responding to me that it wasn't him. Yeah. It was like a, it was, yeah, that thing that happens in his body where he goes offline. Um, yeah. So, I mean, look, these things are still happening and we still have to have to be present, but we can see how now they're a lot less regular. When he comes down, he really comes down and we're actually able to talk about it straight away. And, um, and we're able to talk about what we could do the next time. Where in the past we never had that clear that clear break where we could reflect on what had happened because we'd be getting ready for the next thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know they're down, they're up to their two drops of iodine, so um, we're kind of they're kind of on their levels now, I guess, for what they'll be doing. Um, my husband and I are still working on our levels, and then um, my son and I are about to head on the zinc testing journey as well yeah. so there's just step by step yeah so what Angela's talking about there with the iodine is the um, iodine protocol so <coughs> if you want if anyone wanted more information about that protocol I do it is one I have up as a program on my website that has a Facebook support group along with it as well because I think iodine is something you need to do with practitioner support so that's on my website in the online programs more info on the iodine um so what would you say angelo the biggest changes you've seen so far the biggest change is being able to accept that it doesn't need a definition i don't need to justify myself to the outside world i guess and in that and i guess that's what made me want to work with you is um along the way we haven't got any testing we don't have a label for what we are or how we feel. We are who we are. 
um, we feel better. I happen to know for the first time since I actually started puberty, um, my period is the most regular it's ever been. I'm having the least trouble I've ever had with it. And I mean, I've literally been on that many different forms of that many different forms of medication for it and my body always hated it but I just thought that was normal I happen to know that that's feeling so much better I happen to as I mentioned that my son's behavior is really to a level where we're getting to the light at the end of the tunnel um and it's I don't have anything to define what's happening with my daughter only to hope that we are setting her up for puberty well and but then with my husband and I, we definitely notice there's a lot less happening, um, like with bloating and things happening after we eat food, I guess, which is a lot of a big part of it. And also, I guess our weight is really quite constant. Um, Elise talks a little bit about that, the belly. And I'm hoping, because <laughs> I've always thought, oh, that's just me being self-conscious. But actually, I think there is um, something to be said for what Idine might be able to do, be able to do for me um, with this belly that I've got, and hopefully that'll help my health going forward. But I think we just feel a lot more empowered to take it a step at a time, and instead of putting timelines, even within the family, like initially, I'd be like, the kids were like, "How long do we have to do this for?" <laughs> oh my god, mom! And now I'm actually able to tell them the answer. And they actually take it on board. And I'm like, look, we're going to do this as long as our bodies tell us that we have to. As long as if once we start introducing something new, if our body says no, then we listen and we wait a little bit longer. And we can do that because we've got that space and we've got our lives. And that is our focus at the moment is our health and ensuring that, yeah, we're getting off to a good start for the next thing, I guess. Perfect. So for, mm. for someone that is sitting on the fence about starting this journey um, into, you know, whole food and all gaps, what would you say to them? Um, I, I'd say that it's not – it might seem really big, but you just chip off what you think you can start off. If you look around you and you um, – and do a little bit of research about how you have found that you like to hear – so I like to hear it from multiple forms I found. I like to read, watch documentaries, listen to podcasts and different things. So I hear it from different places and then I start to embody the information. So I guess everybody works in a different manner in that regard and just start to do it a little step at a time and then you just find it becomes so much more manageable and you can look back in six months and just look at this massive change that you've made in your life you just have to make that first step I think is like such an important thing and just make it the step that you're able to make go out and source a free scoby from someone that you might know out there to make some kombucha and explore that a little bit or explore some kefir grains or explore um, supplementing maybe some um, the best quality free range eggs or organic eggs that you're able to um source locally um yeah it's just literally a matter of and look around and say are you actually able to be able to manage it in your life and what can you take your focus away from as well you know I've also I my faith I still am on Facebook I um actually only use it probably five or ten minutes per day um I don't watch any television I don't 
have much other time because at the moment I consider my leisure time and my focus and my energy is actually in that cooking or in being present for my kids um, as well. So I think you just look at the little things that you can put into place in your life rather than what other people are doing in theirs. That is fantastic advice. Very good advice. Awesome. Thank you you so much, Angela. Thank you for sharing your story with us. I think it's going to inspire a lot of people. Oh, thank you, Elise. I just like to think that we're our little people doing our little things in our little lives and hopefully it will pay off. Hopefully there is somebody out there that will be inspired to take that first step. Yeah, I'm sure there will be. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Thanks, Elise. Bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.